everybody. It's another week, which means one thing. It's another episode of Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft, which means that I'm the gnarly gnome. I'm your guide, your friend, uh, your your host, your, your, your buddy in all things Cincinnati Craft Beer. And this week, I'm also your host and guide through all things Ohio beer, because this is a, a special episode. It's... Um, it's an all Ohio kind of wrap up of the year ish. Um, I got the opportunity to run up to Columbus for a day and collaborate with a few people on a show and go to a bunch of breweries in the process. Um, I was joined by uh, folks from points on pints, um, Northeast Ohio craft brewery news, the Taproom exclusive hop in the bean, um, the honing Valley flight crew, um, just all kinds of stuff. And we did the show at the upcoming um, Nostalgia Brewing. Used to be Pigskin, undergoing some renovations and uh, some ownership changes, and it's becoming Nostalgia. We'll talk about all that in the show, though. But um, I just wanted to uh, kind of give you guys an intro, let you know what you're going to be listening to here. So um, if you don't follow any of those people on Facebook or social media, please do and uh, enjoy the show. <laughs> All right, welcome everybody to the social media beer mashup event of the century. Uh, we are here at Nostalgia Brewing, uh, the future home of Nostalgia Brewing. Uh, I am Dean Zarbaugh. I'm host of the Taproom Exclusive out of Cleveland, Ohio. I am joined by the best of the best here in Ohio beer knowledge people. Uh, let's just start down here to my right and uh, say your name, uh, where you're from, and uh, what area you represent uh, in Ohio. First off, I think you're being really generous by saying we're the best of the best. <laughs> well, Northeast I, or Ohio beer I, culture, but I say what I believe. Thank you, Dean. Thank yes. you. You're very welcome. Take it away. Hi, I'm Nikki McVicky from the Hop and the Bean, and we are out of Akron, Ohio. We just started this summer um, trying to cover most of... Uh, you know, a little bit of Northeast Ohio, but branching out as much as we can. It's my partner, Bud, Buzz Andrews, over here. Yeah, <laughs> Buzz Andrews here, not Bud. Uh, Buzz. <laughs> hop in the Bean out of Akron, Ohio. We hit up uh, brew pubs and coffee shops all around the Akron area. We've even explored some parts of Central Ohio, mm-hmm. but uh, mainly out of Akron, coffee shops and brew pubs, the Hop in the Bean. Mm-hmm. I think what's kind of cool about this event is we have kind of a cross section of. Uh, bloggers, Facebook page runners, um, podcasters that all kind of do something a little bit different. So I kind of like the unique take that the Hop and the Bean has because they do something that's a little bit different from what the rest of us do where you guys really focus on the community aspect. Yeah, yeah. Um, Going in and talking to the brewers about like how they build community in their tap rooms, you know, their community outreach, things that they do as far as, you know, fundraisers. I mean, you're really, really focused on community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. That's always the unique story. We were talking today with one of the brewers about we could talk forever about the beer or the coffee and their origins and the brewing style and everything else. But we we love capturing the stories of um, their story, actually, and the people and the community, exactly like you just said. Right. Uh, I'm Rob Tittle. I'm uh, Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News um, Facebook page. Been up for about two years, coming up on our two-year anniversary. And unlike the rest of these fine folks that's sitting at this table, I am neither a podcaster or a uh, blogger, um, per se. What do you consider yourself? I I mean, basically our page is a a beer news aggregation site. So that's pretty much all we do is that we share news in one convenient, um, neat package to go from all around the state. So I'm sharing sharing all the 
um, stories from Mark Bona of Cleveland.com, Rick Arman of uh, the Akron Beacon Journal, J.D. Malone down in Columbus. I mean, if it's a, a story that I think is you know important to beer fans in Ohio, um, with a particular focus on Northeast Ohio, you know that's that's the, the stuff that I kind of aggregate and share in one in one place. So you don't have to look at twenty seven thousand different beer Facebook pages because <laughs> let's face it, I mean our it sucks our going scene through in, that our many. scene in Ohio is like exploding. I mean we're we're coming up on. I think we talked here a couple days ago about we're, we're approaching 300 breweries in, right. in the state of Ohio now, and it gets daunting if you're a beer fan that likes to um, get out to top tap rooms and try new places um, to try to keep track of all those mm-hmm. places and what place is opening and who's got the latest new beer release and who's expanding. And it's kind of nice to have everything just in one neat package where you just follow it on one page. And so I kind of try to step out, stay on top of that. So Dean. Nice. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, my show is called the Tap Room Exclusive. I'm out of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, every month on my show, I feature a new brewery, and every week in that month, I feature a breakdown and a history of a different beer on their menu. Just kind of give people an idea of, of where the beer they're drinking comes from and the inspiration behind it. That's a lot of the stuff I really gravitate towards, along with the community aspect of it. You know, it, it seems like in the craft beer world, the community is the biggest part, and it seems like they're the biggest uh, provider of support to this industry. Outside of any, you know, people like movies and stuff, they go and see movies, but there seems to be a big passion with craft beer consumers that allow us to do all of this. Uh, and that's that's amazing. Um, I, just, I really like to hear kind of why they came up with a name of a brewery or a beer, mm-hmm. why they decided to go with that specific style and, you know, give people an option if they want to go in home and eat with it, you know, give you pairing options and stuff like that. Try to do like a real breakdown. Every episode's only about 15 to 20 minutes. Nice. Uh, uh, concise. I think yeah, that's it's what I like. Yeah, it's concise and it's, it's a, a, for travel. You know, right, you yeah. Can, I, you know, I think I like that most about your format and not to, not to knock any other podcaster, but most beer podcasts and most podcasts in general turn, seem to run around an hour long yeah sure. hours people are people have a short attention span absolutely it's when and you so get into nice like three you can... pluses that you're like oh absolutely. that's a lot that's and a lot. this podcast is probably going to run longer than most yeah we're talking <laughs> but that's about, you know when you get six or seven people you got seven at a table eight beer people right. beer fans that are talking about beer we tend to yeah. get a little bit long-winded but i like the fact that yours are short concise 15 minute episodes <laughs> that you can kind of listen to once a week at your leisure um, I listen to them a lot when I'm sitting in my desk at my full-time job. You know, whenever I, you have a new episode come on, I always get geeked to, to hear Tuesdays. about what you talked about that week. So, uh, <laughs> cool format, and it's a great show. So definitely well, tune into you. the cla- tap room exclusive. Uh, Rob's been a huge yeah. help with uh, with uh, promoting the show, with, as with Hop and Bean. Uh, you know, Rob's been doing great about helping get the word out about all of our different formats and stuff. And absolutely, Rob, thank you so much. Uh, sure. for yeah, put, I, and for putting this together with Sean, uh, Sean down here at the end uh, from Points on Pints. You know him and Rob really put the leg. Can we have in. a round of applause uh, for Sean? Yeah, for let's, yeah. let's Sean. Sean hooked us up with a couple of beer tours, and man, did we have a lot of fun today. Yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah it's, thank you guys both for putting this together and really working hard. Uh, continuing on down the line, now we've got uh, to my left, Brian. Yeah. So uh, I'm Brian Vick. I'm with uh, NEO Craft Beer Community. Um, wound up in that with two of my really good friends, Ryan and Ryan. And I'm, I'm convinced the only reason I'm still a moderator in the group is because I'm Brian and not Ryan. <laughs> but that's, that's debated. Um, 
I, I'm a transplant down here in Columbus, originally from Northeast Ohio, born, raised, worked, went to school, spent the majority of my time up there, and honestly had the unfortunate timing of leaving Northeast Ohio before the real explosion of the craft beer scene up there. So it's really still cool to stay ingrained. I've still got friends and family up there, so I'm up there quite a bit, but it's also cool seeing the Columbus aspect of it and how it relates to Cleveland. and. Just as everybody has said across the state of Ohio, really trying to just tie everything together because, I mean, we're only separated by an hour and a half. You know, it's amazing how different things can get right. from Cleveland to Columbus and even, you know, down to Cincinnati. So, And you're going to your point about the explosion in this state in everything. You know, I was gone for almost 10 years after college, through college and after college and stuff. And, you know, Great Lakes was like the main place up in Cleveland when I left. Uh, and now I come back and I came back like a few years ago. And now it's insane. It's just the wealth of great quality breweries that we have all around the mm -hmm. state is just incredible. Yep. yep. Uh, continuing sure. on down to the gnome. Yeah, I, I'm the gnarly gnome. I'm from the Cincinnati region. Um, I have to say region because people get mad when I say that um, I write about Cincinnati <laughs> and then I do a brewery that's like 40 miles away. But <laughs> I, I have like a 40-mile like a bubble around um, Fountain Square in Cincinnati that I consider the city. Um, do a podcast called Cincy Brewcast. The blog is gnarlygnome.com. Um, and I just eat, sleep, and breathe Cincinnati beer, which was why today was so fun because I don't like get out to other breweries that aren't Cincinnati breweries right. that often. Same here um, with I Cleveland. Even, I don't even get to drink the beer on the shelf because I've got so much stuff backed up that I can't <laughs> there. So, um, yeah, that's what it's I do. It's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have. And okay. last but certainly not least, uh, we continue with Sean. Uh, and uh, introduce yourself. So, my Sean. I uh, have been running a website slash Instagram page, Facebook page, uh, Points on Pints, for the last three years or so. And it was basically started to track my beer tourism around Ohio. So... I've uh, been to now 176 breweries in nice. all Shop. of Ohio, and uh, I am now coming on to Nostalgia Brewing, which we're sitting in as the uh, mm -hmm. marketing lead, so nice. um, Nostalgia will be my 177th nice. brewery wow. if you count new breweries. Um, I just want to say you're my hero. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a lot, man. Track, that's right? yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, um, the website was to keep track. <laughs> <laughs> it was built exactly. in. It was like you planned exactly. it. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, beer tourism was was big in Columbus. The Ale Trail launched four years ago. It'll be the fifth iteration. Uh, there really wasn't a trail anywhere else. So I was looking for more. You know, I completed yeah. the L Trail. I was looking for more. So I started going outside of Columbus, and that's where, you know, Northeast Ohio and Toledo and Cincinnati. And, you know, that's how I found Gnarly Gnome over here was, yeah. you know, you look up Cincinnati beer and you see, you know, everything from him. So that's awesome. Thank you for all of the great content. Oh, that you it's provide. just because we're sharing a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> we're really close. <laughs> uh, and, you know, speaking of nostalgia, uh, go ahead and tell everybody about uh, about this place and kind of yeah. uh, how you kind of came to be involved and what the plans are for this, uh, this awesome space. Yeah, so I became involved with uh, the other owners, Jason and Michelle, which they're off camera, but they're, they're here. Uh, they worked, they owned multiple brewing down in Nelsonville, and I approached them about six to nine months back. I don't know exactly the time frame, but about uh, helping them out with marketing and, and just you know doing it pro bono just to get a little bit of a repertoire, if you will, and helped out. Uh, Jason and Michelle had the opportunity to come on 
and start something new here. So that's uh, that's what they approached me with nice. to be a part of it. And yeah, it uh, it started uh, January first. We started tearing down some things and and re reestablishing this brewery as Nostalgia Brewing and. Uh, excited to bring a new brewery to Creekside and Gahanna and yeah it's uh it's coming along but it's still a few weeks away so. yeah this I can't, is a, I can't really wait cool for the Saved by the Bell theme that you guys are going to have going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be a little, little inside joke. Slater. Yeah. I did read about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're um, killing me. We're going to change somebody's name to Smalls. Uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're tasting, we're all tasting the, uh, the Hellas From lager. the beer fridge. Uh, yeah, from you guys. This preview. is a really nice Hellas yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm already yeah. empty. This is yeah, the second. I got in trouble because I drank mine before we started. And I did not know it was supposed to be on camera when we began. So it's all good. You put beer in front of beer nerds, we're gonna drink it. Yeah. Um, uh, fair point. This Hellas is called seven seven three four. If you uh, ever used a calculator as a as a young oh, lad, yeah, you, gotcha. you probably know what oh, that's okay. about. So gotcha. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. ask about that. Okay, yeah. there we so go. So the tagline for nostalgia is beer that starts a conversation, and and we wanted to name our beer something nostalgic, something that brought back memories from the past and elicited that that good feeling of, of are you gonna something. have anything else that was spelled where you could flip the calculator upside down dean's Maybe. actually uh, typing seven seven three four into his phone right now to see what i had to figure it out i i what's a calculator um I'm, no uh Eight zero zero eight. Yeah, that was yes, gonna say that's yes. the, that's the obvious next one. Um, and then you know, so there's been a lot going on in 2018 within Ohio. Uh, it seems like all over the state, uh, there's stuff popping up everywhere. Lots of great events going on and expansions, expansions, expansions galore. Uh, I kind of want to just start back at the end again and work our way down uh, like we did, and kind of just go over some of the the bigger news events uh from your region uh from from the last year sure yeah um so as we've traveled around hop in the bean mainly akron area one of the biggest things that we've seen in the works it's going to be huge for downtown akron is Arche's expansion into uh, Canal Place. Mm -hmm. 60,000 square foot facility that they've started construction on, kind of really breaking ground as they headed into the new year, end of uh, last year though. And um, if you know anything about Canal Place, it's a historical building, downtown Akron. It's gonna be a very, a big, big, big deal for the Akron, uh, what's gonna be called the Akron Beer District um, in downtown Akron. Tying into kind of an, another story that relates directly to it, which is the Akron Beer District. Um, this is going to tie in the newly Lock 15 opening uh, acronym. Um, Royal Docks is throwing in a brew pub in the Bowery Building. I don't believe anything is in uh, writing yet. It's not 100. It's, yeah, it's not 100. Yeah, but but uh, I, I would. If I know those guys. Really, I would bet on it would uh, right, happening. They have released an article about it. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's going to be huge, turning Akron into a, a beer destination. And you forgot Missing Falls. And miss, Don't you, forget Missing, Missing Falls. Missing Falls, absolutely, right across the door from the new Arche facility. Literally, you'll be able yeah. to open the door and walk from one to the other. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a, a massive deal. It's going to create a lot of uh, more of that community that we we're talking about in Akron. Literally, the mayor has already approved the term Akron Brew District. And so, I mean, that's nice. huge. Yeah. yeah. Very so cool. I couldn't be more excited. But I've talked with Ron for about a couple of years now about this plan that he's had in the works and seeing it 
come to life and seeing he documents all his construction on his videos and it's absolutely amazing yep, yep. so I, i'm super stoked for it yeah that's gonna that's gonna be awesome yeah, yeah. there's just a lot of, uh, akron's just blowing up mm-hmm. yeah there's just so much going on out that way mm-hmm. yeah the whole scene i mean it's just kind of becoming like a mini cleveland mm-hmm. yeah and uh you know if you don't want to get in the car and drive 45 minutes to the mm-hmm. north there's just as much happening in downtown Akron now mm-hmm. as there are there is in uh, in Cleveland, but you know a lot of stuff probably at the fraction of the cost. It's going to become an area where you can really like have a, even like a family event. You know, take yeah. the kids to an Akron. Um, is it arrows, rubber ducks? What are they calling them? The rubber ducks. The rubber ducks. Yeah. Rubber ducks. <laughs> take the kids yeah. to a rubber ducks baseball game during the summer. The for team a is called the rubber ducks. It is yes. called the rubber ducks. Oh, it is. Yeah, Absolutely. believe it or yeah. not. Yes. Yeah, I, I said they should name the stadium yeah, the bathtub, amazing. and I don't know who I don't know who thought that was, that's a good idea. Yeah. It, it is the some headquarters year, of Goodyear. Some Goodyear yeah. guy came out. He's like yeah. rubber ducks. Yeah, right. but I mean, you can take the kids to a game, and then afterwards go out to dinner, grab a bite, hit a couple breweries. Yeah. Right. You know, and, yeah. and probably do it for the fraction of cost what it, of what it would take to do that yeah. same experience down in the big city. Um, yeah. So a lot of good things happening down in Akron mm-hmm. right now. Mixed with everything happening in Cuyahoga Falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we have got, what, four or five breweries? Four, soon to be five. Soon to be five. Well, I three, mean, soon to be four, soon to be five, because Ohio <laughs> Brewing's not open on, yet. Yeah, on Front Street, all those. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into Missing Mountain, uh, uh, Hi-Ho, all those guys doing phenomenal things. So, I mean, in like, what, 10, 15 minutes away from mm-hmm. downtown Akron, it's tying it all into a, a beautiful scene. Yeah, for sure. So anything else? Of, anything else from you guys? As I far mean, as like those, it seems there's a lot to narrow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot happened in 2018. A, yeah, I kind of cast in a big net right now. Yeah, um, and just kind of watching it grow and not really narrowing it down yet. But I mean, there's still some stuff I think that bleeds over into Rob's uh, page, being Northeast Hall Craft Brunos. But um, yeah, nothing super specific. All right. Yeah. I think probably my two biggest stories of the year are probably the new Fatheads um, expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, fat, Fatheads, I think, has taken over the universe along with <laughs> along with probably Platform and BrewDog. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's going to be all, all Ohio brew everywhere uh, soon. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the really huge 120,000 square foot building that they opened this year um, in Middleburg Heights. Uh, opened in, I don't know, Dean and I went to the grand opening. When yeah, was that, that August? was August uh, 20-something. Yeah, August, and yeah. I mean, that place is just blowing up already. Um, and Fatheads announced, you know, the big plans for distribution this year yeah. and a They're lot of your that favorite, work. favorite beers that you haven't been able to get before, um, much more than <laughs> once a year, like Hop Juju, now going to be available in cans yeah, four cans times a year. Yeah, the cans is going to be nice. Yeah. Um, so that's a big deal because, I mean, Fatheads is, is kind of universally adored, um, at least in the Midwest, and, um, yeah, and now sure. their ability to produce that much more quality beer and get it out to market um, in the quantities that people want. You know, I don't have to be chasing it down all the time. I only have to have it once a year. So that was a pretty huge expansion, and, and the site is, is beautiful. If you haven't been out there yet, it I would encourage yeah. you to take the trip over there. Um, my other big story, I think probably from 2018, is the um, the... 13 or 14 medals that Ohio Brewers won at um, Great American Brewfest this year. And then, uh, I mean, obviously we have some great brewers throughout the entire state. Ohio is making some top-notch beer right now. But if I can just brag on Northeast Ohio, (laughs) not to knock any other region, 10 of those 14 medals did come from Northeast Ohio. I'm just saying. There were were six of them from Cincinnati, though. There were, yes. And two just from one brewery alone. Brink knocked it out of the park, and they're the only brewery in the state that that took home two two medals. But 
Okay. Yeah, 10 of the 14 medals came from our region, and I think that's something that we should all be pretty proud of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. totally. Uh, c- kind of going along the lines of all the expansion that we've been talking about, you know, I'd kind of lump together really uh, Brewdog, Seventh Son, and Hoofheart had all expanded this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have been in the facility up in Marengo, but it's actually it's actually a really, really cool space. I mean, I, I went up there one day for uh, mom jeans and wound up watching football <laughs> up there for a while. You know, it's nice. not something you would ever thought you'd do in at Hoofheart, it is watching a football game, but... <laughs> yeah. um, and then you know, on t- you know, Brewdog especially, they they've got the hotel now. Um, they've opened up their museum inside the tap room, and then on top of that, they've got the Franklinton and the Short North locations. And Short North is cool if you're in the downtown area. The Franklinton one is it's well, off the beaten path a little bit, but I mean, it is cool. It is multi-level. They can open up the top floor, like open everything up. It's 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 probably. If you're just going to drink, if you're not looking for the food, it would rival the the canal location, really? in my opinion. Yeah, from when I was there, wow. it's also right across the street from Land Grant, so yes. you can hit up two breweries. Very, very in a true. Very, very true. Very short time. Wow. And then you know, uh, another big event for me was Wolf's Ridge uh, fifth year, and that's actually yeah. where we came from right before we came back here, which is really cool seeing how they're continuing to grow and the things that they're doing. But one of my big events is actually, some people may consider it probably not the most positive thing for the area, but we're happy that he's going on to bigger and better things and it's Brad leaving Jackie O's. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I know there's a lot of Jackie O's fans across the area and I know Jackie O's is known widespread and you know, we, we, we hope for the best for Brad, but I mean that, that was, that was kind of a shocker when that one came out. He is going to start his own new brewery out in California. Yeah, correct. It's going to be, yeah, he's going to make some good beer. Yeah. He's going to continue to make some really good beer. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to, for the area, it's probably sad that he's leaving. And right. Now, but it's great news for him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Gnome? Yeah, so my biggest, I mean, going on the same kind of expansion and growing kind of thing, we had 12 new breweries in Cincinnati this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not our biggest year ever. I think we had like 17 one year maybe. But a lot of new breweries, a lot of different smaller parts of town, some little pockets and stuff that needed a brewery. So obviously that's exciting. Yeah. Um, biggest one though i think was sam adams opening their taproom in cincinnati finally after god knows how many years (laughs) people saying you know we really do love sam adams but you're right here and you're making all this beer and you don't have a place for us to drink it and um finally starting to see them kind of stand up and say look you know yes we're we're boston brewing company but we're you know we're cincinnati we've always been cincinnati it's you know part of who we are and kind of saying that out loud and standing up and kind of you know waving that banner around was pretty exciting um so when did that change? Because wasn't there a, a long time where it almost seemed like Boston beer kind of distanced themselves from Cincinnati? That, they, like the, the fact that he was actually from here originally? It was a gradual change, I think. Um, when I started noticing it was when they started painting the brewery, which sounds stupid, but it's this, it's a beautiful old brewing building. It's you know been there for a, for a long time. I wouldn't say forever, but for a long time. And if you see some of their other breweries are these big nondescript buildings and you look at cincinnati and there's murals painted on the side there's you know a giant sign that says sam adams you don't get that at those other places Mm -hmm. then they put in some really cool stained glass windows with some murals with some historical brewing figures in cincinnati so like you started to see things like that that kind of started making you think a little differently and like oh maybe they maybe they do kind of you know think differently about why they're here and, and what it means to be here so right there wasn't like a one turning point where you could say oh they're now they're saying it you know it's right, just kind right, of a gradual right. thing um and then 
Rheingeist. Um, you always oh, yeah. have to mention Rheingeist. Yeah. <laughs> the 33rd biggest craft brewery in the country was, yeah. um, I think, shocking for a lot of people to see them do that after five years. Uh, I, it, it was, but it wasn't at the same time. I mean, like you... You, yeah, the five year mark is the the surprising part, but then you taste their beer and you're like, that doesn't surprise me. Like yeah, the know. the fact that it's getting out, the word is getting out. It, it, it's the the quality of the beer is there. Do you know uh, how many states they distribute to now, Rheingeist? Yeah. It's not that many. I don't know off the top of my head. It's only like five, maybe. Which really makes and, it all the more amazing. And that some of that distribution biggest. is very We're passing limited. to the end, Rob. Oh, oh, sorry. Rob just kept <laughs> his. It's it okay. Rob. It's okay, Rob. I got it. It's got six glasses. You can tell I never smoked pot in college. <laughs> that whole puff, puff, <laughs> give <laughs> thing. Sip, sip, oh, pass. Oh, just give it to me. Yeah, yeah, just I'm like, give okay. it to me. Sorry, now we're good. Now I'm good. Now we're good. Okay. And which one's this? Which one's this show? Yeah, what are we doing Before you get to your stories. This is the Creekside Hefeweizen. So Ooh. Creekside being Ooh. the area okay. of Gehenna that we're in, we wanted to Ooh. give a little nod to the That's area. That's nice. So. And if, nice banana, if nice anybody clothes. is a yeah. fan of yeah. Hefeweizens, yeah. Uh, th- this is legit. This is fantastic. This is very much legit. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, and then Sean, uh, or no, were you done? Do you have anything else? I didn't. I don't want to skip over you. No, Sorry. no, no, those those were the biggest. Just want to make I mean, sure I, cool. I can talk Cincinnati beer all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. I didn't mean uh, to interrupt you with beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how dare you, Sean? Any, anytime. Uh, so, Sean, uh, how about you? What What do you think your your uh, largest stories of the region? Are? So, share a lot of the same sentiments as Brian, uh, but the closing of Four String, both the production mm-hmm. and yeah. the tap room. Yeah. I think that was a big hit to Ohio Craft Beer in general. I know they were doing production for a lot of breweries, and you know that's something that hit home for a lot of people. Um, a brewery that large just closing their doors for no apparent reason, and there's still not a lot of information out there on why or or what's going to happen, other than their their tap room in Grandview is now being changed into a distillery by another company so really they're not hmm. coming back to grandview in that location so one would assume they're probably not coming back but yeah not That's sure sad so. yeah. sad to see a, a you know a company close yeah and um, i mean from a new opening standpoint you mentioned several antiques on high seven sons sour mm-hmm, brewery mm-hmm. that i went to a, a tasting that was amazing you can tell they waited they waited they waited they made sure that it was right before they they started that facility yeah. but i haven't been there we were supposed to go today and you know weather weather and 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 doing <laughs> and tours beer. two hour two hour <laughs> tours will take you off the yeah. at least game. we didn't end up stranded on an island what's, yeah. what, what's the old phrase man makes plans and god laughs <laughs> yeah that's exactly what happened today uh, oh 100 percent the uh Voluntary river brewing company you know again they gave us a nice tour thank you to to josh and kiki for for uh, taking us around and yes. showing us around. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Belgian triple. Yeah, <sighs> yeah if, any, if anybody's in the area, Olentangy River is going to be putting out a Belgian triple with hibiscus, and that will get me in trouble. It'll be gone in two weeks, so if yeah. you hear about it being released, get there, because yeah. uh, their stuff's been flying. Yeah. yeah. Yet yet to be named. Yet to be named. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, somewhere in particular, which is... Uh, yep. Yes. Nowhere in particular is kind of that, yep. um, that brewer that's been putting out cans of beer, and, you know, it's usually brewed somewhere in Dayton or Cincinnati, maybe Rivertown, maybe 
I think they uh, started out in Toxic. Hence maybe. the name, yeah. Nowhere in particular. Uh, yeah, very, usually very one-time batches, right? Style yeah. 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 Uh, well, they opened a, an actual facility called Somewhere in Particular in Columbus. Which is awesome. Yeah, Columbus. yeah awesome I name. love that. Yeah. Also, somewhere we were going to go today. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's still like that idea of like a one-off beer. Like once they brew it, they, it's done and they don't bring it back or... Does anybody know? I don't believe like, so. Yeah, I, uh, I've I heard a couple people. Question. I heard a couple people who went there uh, recently, and I think they just they recently opened, right, Sean? Yeah. Yes. Um, it's only been like two months. Okay, yeah, and I think they might have been there maybe the first or second day or something. They were they were surprised it was kind of just base. It wasn't anything like we like an Imperial Shores beer with rice or something. You know, it, it didn't have those nowhere in particular staples but they said the beer was fantastic yep. it was just more of a base style for every for the style mm-hmm. and then that could be you know old information too like i said they said they'd been there right after opening so uh who knows what they're brewing right now but uh it seems like it's quality no matter if it's just a base or if it's something uh yeah. crazy i think a lot of brewers tend to uh, when they're going into a new market and they're first just starting to get their name out there kind of tend to do that though you know i mean most of them don't come in brewing a you know Imperial Berliner Weiss with <laughs> cherry and lactose and vanilla. I mean, right. coming out of the gate swinging with, you know, the craziest stuff. They're coming in out with their basic styles. They're, they're, they're Hellas lagers and their hefts and their, you know, base, just a basic style with not a lot of adjuncts. I mean, just kind of proven that, hey, we can make just the basic yeah. base beer. If you make the basics you know. good, you're going to make If you make the basics good, yeah. then you're yeah. probably yeah. going to make the crazy stuff good, too. Yeah. So. Well, and, you got to learn the basics. And, 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 exactly. And, and, and right. you know, sometimes anymore, it's really nice finding just a very, very solid, good, basic style beer because yeah. so many yes. people want to do so much with it right. that to sit down and have a crisp, clean, for instance, we just had a half of ice, and it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, uh, yep. One of my favorite, uh, and this is kind of skipping a, a bit, I apologize, but I, I like that American light lagers are now kind of being embraced by craft beer makers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's something every once in a while i just want to come home and have a beer beer and have it have flavor and not have it you know watery and all that so i you know there's a lot of loggers out there right now that are that are doing some really great stuff and and uh, i really like that trend uh that we're that we're seeing in that i think the smaller tap rooms that are just like uh, like a somewhere in particular that's just going into a new neighborhood that maybe doesn't know a lot about them i think those guys are kind of actually doing yeoman's work um because they're really you know maybe they don't have like massive plans to distribute and and can and be on shelves in grocery stores and have their taps everywhere all you know all over town but they're actually i think they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting as far as bringing new beer drinkers into the fold Yeah. yeah places in in ohio and i've published you know posts on my my facebook page all the time about new breweries opening in towns that are just like you know two three thousand people Mm -hmm, and it's happening all across ohio and a lot of those brewers coming into or a lot of those beer drinkers that are coming into those breweries don't know about the crazy styles that right you know us more experienced craft beer drinkers that have probably been drinking it for nine eight nine ten years know about you know they just want a basic clean beer if i opened a brewery in my little neck of the woods where i'm at right now i guarantee you everybody's going to be coming in saying what do you have that tastes like coors light what do you <laughs> yeah, have that right. tastes like bud what uh-huh. do you have that tastes like yinling and so i think really those those um those brewers are doing yeoman's work because they're putting out those just basic beer styles the blondes and the golden nails and the and the pilsners and, and the hellas that you know can kind of become 
gateway beers for people yeah. that don't have any experience with craft at all. Yeah, and like what you're saying is how they're not really pushing for grocery store shelves. I mean, that's that's not really the the forecast for a lot of breweries anymore. There's so Agreed. much, there's so little shelf space and so much on them now that a lot of it's going to the breweries. It's making sure you get the stuff fresh from them, and it, and it kind of it relates back into what Sean was saying about how with four strings closing is you know they're they're making good stuff and whatnot, but there's so much options out there on a grocery right. store shelf that it's, it, it's it's hard to to mm-hmm. fathom even for an know, experienced craft drinker that's right. been drinking craft yeah, no, for years it's it's mind-numbing sometimes to yeah, walk into and a store so and try to figure out what you want to buy the, the, it's like watching netflix it really is oh yeah <laughs> it, it is uh, that's a great that's great but i will say that four string was making a hilltop lager hilltop yeah. light yeah I feel like that was really pushing the boundaries with some of the big Absolutely. beers, and uh-huh. you know they were selling well, and that's where it's like, you know, yeah. someone needs to take the reins and and still brew those styles and keep that going, keep that momentum going. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I think it's great to brew those styles, styles, but I think it's kind of telling that these small brew pubs are really, like I said, they're doing the heavy lifting. Um, one thing that stuck with me is I was lucky enough to brew with Sandy Springs um, doing the Sierra Nevada. And it's another one of my top stories, I guess, is the the way the whole community came together after this whole yeah. the, the Resilience, the, the Resilience yeah. IPA with uh, Sierra Nevada and the campfires out in yeah. in uh, California, Huge. the biggest biggest fires in uh, forest fires in U.S. history and the loss of life out there and the way the brewing community all kind of came together and they all brewed the <clears> same <throat> beer. So anyway, I got lucky enough to go out there and brew with them for a day. And having a conversation with Andy and Amanda Conrad and them talking about how a lot of people in Minerva, a small town like this, a three, 4,000 um, population town, came in and initially they're walking in and saying, what do you have that tastes like Bud? What do you have that tastes like Coors Light? And handing them a cream ale, you know, or handing them a, a golden or a blonde. Ooh. And I asked them, I said, do those same customers that came in here one year ago, they still come in Pass and order... <laughs> pass it down <laughs> do they still come in or, and order the cream ale and he said no they come in now and they order a porter or the vitamin c porter or they come in and order a stout and i said that's amazing to me because what you've done is you've just transformed somebody you brought you know, you opened their palate expanded them and gotten them into a whole different world of, of different tastes and, and flavors that they probably wouldn't have tried or otherwise they were brewing or had brewed a, a goza style and i'm and my first question of them is is this Goza going to work in Minerva? Is yeah. anybody going to drink this? Anybody going to order this? And they were totally confident that, that people would because they've transformed so many palates right. in that small town. How did the Goza and so go? So they're not drinking. They're not just drinking the the cream cream hails and and, and and all that anymore. So um, yeah, that's where I think there's a lot of opportunity in our industry. What are we drinking now? Uh, yeah, what are we drinking now, Sean? This is it's the- good. Studying abroad, Scottish ale. Mm. So, I love me some Scottish ales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, just not a very common style to see out on shelves either. Uh, at least, yeah. at least up in Cleveland, uh, I really like finding multi. some good Scottish ales. Yeah, but yeah. you know what was cool is today, playing off of this, we saw some black IPAs and we've seen some other styles where we were at today that are not as big out there anymore. But it is great to see them coming again. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Agreed. It's very cyclical. Uh, a lot of stuff that went, you know, coming back and and all that stuff. It's it's really nice to see uh, stuff you didn't see for a while come back. Mm-hmm. Yep. If if you have to, and I'm making you do it. If you have to wrap up, kind of the overall kind of impression of what the beers are 
going to be like here? How can you like sum it up into like, you know, delicious traditional styles, <laughs> the more delicious. modern kind of stuff? <laughs> I mean, whoa. yeah. So, like we were saying earlier, you know, we we want to have beers that people can come in, get introduced to styles that are clean, easy drinking, so that they have something that they can know is going to be good, and then we'll make the hazy pale ale, hazy double IPA, you know, those kinds of things, milkshake IPAs. So it's, we'll have the styles that are relatively simple for the palate, like the Hellas and and the Hefeweizen, but then we're gonna have the milkshake IPAs so that the people, the, the people that know beer and want something more and something different we'll have that available so we have 20 taps and not all 20 will be used for beer we'll have some some wine on tap actually and some nice like one of the one of the one or two maybe craft cocktails we're still working through the details there but we we want people to experience beer and you know again the whole beer that starts a conversation we want people to have a wide range of beers Mm -hmm. we want to talk to them about the beers and actually get them to enjoy craft beer across the spectrum yeah so uh it's a, there's a very nice space in here the i i can't wait to see when it's done man yeah I, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool <laughs> me too um yeah i bet, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> that patio is no joke either i'm kind of in love with it actually looking at it in the summertime i mean the patio it's heated and sealed off and everything uh, so it's warm in there but in yeah. the summertime i can only imagine it's pretty awesome yeah right. and there's a so creekside has a lot of events and there's live music that happens just behind us here and if you sit on the patio you can hear the music and experience it you can see depending on where you're at on the patio see what's going on so it is a great spot because you can sit listen to live music and drink great beer and then we'll have some food options as well of course nice and and given that i I was telling these guys um back in april 2017 uh, my wife and i got married literally two blocks that way (laughs) um one of the big things that we did is come down here and take uh pictures down by the creek side and a couple of the other buildings and i definitely anticipate you guys having some bridal parties and wedding parties (laughs) and whatnot in here taking pictures and i mean hell that's free marketing yeah right absolutely (laughs) absolutely the uh the space is great there um there's Gehenna is looking to pass uh, Dora, so it's Gnome, you know a little oh, bit about I'm, Dora. I'm, I'm a big fan of Dora. You want yeah, to explore, the, what is Dora? The explorer. Yeah, the explorer. Yeah. <laughs> I know her well. <laughs> so Dora is a designated outdoor recreational area. Oh, nice. I get that off the top of my head. Um, you can go into any liquor license holder, and you can get a Dora cup. It's a little plastic cup with the date written on it and the, the place you bought it at. And you can fill it with beer or, or whatever and go just walk around outside. Go from, oh, nice. from here, nice. go out there, listen to music with your beer in your hand. Nice. Go, you know, uh, so stores have to put a thing in their window saying you can go in with your beer, uh, but you can go shopping and stuff. You can't take it into another liquor license holder. You have to finish okay. it before you walk in. But I want to uh, say, is there a couple amazing. other towns in Ohio that are like this? Like Hamilton or something? Hamilton has one. Middletown has one. And I feel like there was somebody else that was just getting ready to pass one. And I don't know what it was, but I, I feel like I just saw it the other day. Um, but we use it all the time with a, a two-year-old at home. We'd throw her in the wagon and mm-hmm. go get a beer and just kind of walk around and keep her happy and keep me happy. And <laughs> 
Yeah. It's an interesting trend. Have it, have these communities, and you know better than than we do, because that sounds like, I mean, those all sound like southeastern Ohio communities that they're doing it. I don't know any place in northeast Ohio. Any no. You guys know any? No. Nope. I don't, not like, I have I any of these like communities had, have, had any trouble with that? Uh, I have not seen anything. I've not heard anything, and I feel like that's something that if there was an issue, yeah, the news would jump it. on it. And, oh, and, yeah. And yeah. Right. So I, you know, I haven't seen any issues with it. That's very cool. You get a lot of strange looks from people still that people that just don't know that it's there, and they see sure, you walking right. with your beer. Right. Right. And that. Huh. You know, I, I spend some time overseas, and that's that's the norm over there. Is that right? So the the you know it that also takes away some of the like taboo feelings about yeah. having alcohol in public, drunk in public, that kind of thing. Because I mean, living over there for eight months, you saw people walking around sharing full bottles of wine with their friends with right. no problem. Right. Mm. Yeah. Do you so, think Do you think that's a, a broader trend as far as like where we're going? I don't know, with alcohol, with, I think with it's, the way we approach it in our country. I think it's going back to the way things kind of used to be. Too. Yeah. Like like this whole idea of having breweries in every town, you know, it's like right. it, it used to be that way. Right. You used to right. be able to just go hang out, grab a beer somewhere, and walk around with it if you wanted to. At one time, you know, that was just normal, and it wasn't until um, the, the prudish, you know, prohibition laws started happening that that mm-hmm. died off. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just more of that normalizing back to the way things are supposed to be. Do you think yeah. our, as, a, as a country we've had, like, issues with alcoholism and drunk driving and so, some of the problems that we have had with alcohol, and I'm getting way, going way deep here I don't, than, <laughs> than I ever thought we were going to go in this podcast, but do you think some of that <laughs> had something to do with the fact that we've and really, yeah, that we've made it so right. taboo yeah. in 100%. our country for so Absolutely. long. When we were at um, today, when we were at Noctera, there the uh, the owners were talking about their their kids were there. I think they were nine years old, nine. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were saying, you know, they they just get so used to this being part of their yeah, life to grow years. up in a brewery and how it's normal for them, and it's not this over sensationalized taboo thing like ooh alcohol. It's just a part of their life, and I also was pretty close to one of our foreign exchange students in high school who grew up in Germany and they would literally go home, thank you, they would go home from school at lunchtime, go home and eat with their families, they'd have wine and whatever. Uh It was like that in Italy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. And it was so normal for them, so it was never this taboo risque thing to do to well, you're taught from a from yeah, you're taught from a very young bell, young you know? age to respect yeah. the drink and to exactly. to not abuse it and right. you can have a glass of wine with yeah. your dinner you know you don't have to have yeah. the entire bottle exactly. and it's just a different way of approaching it yeah. and yeah. you can enjoy all those wonderful flavors and the pairings with food and without yep. without abusing it and feel like you know the minute you turn 21 you got to run out of your house and right. go Go yeah. get stupid <laughs> right. you, because right. you've been, it's been it's repressed like, from like, you. Like the, the preacher's we, daughter type yeah. mindset. I mean, we actually we absolutely yeah. want what we can't have in, right. in life. Exactly. And if we're told you know, so much, you can't have this, you can't drink that. Right. And, well, and it's and just funny, too, because like we, you know, for me, when I was younger, you know, my dad would, like I said, he's a big Miller High Life fan. That's all he's ever drank. <laughs> yeah. you know. But when I was younger, yeah, I was like, what's that? And he's like, it's a beer. You want to try it? And I was like, okay. And I tried it. And you know, when you're three, you think it's the grossest yeah. thing in the yeah. world. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. I had no desire yes. to try it. Well, mostly because he handed you Miller Light. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's be honest. If I he can. had handed you this Scotch Ale at a very young age, you would yeah. have right. a whole different perception, uh, wouldn't yeah. you? I can but, but still what I'm saying that, is, is he didn't hide it from mm-hmm. me. Yeah. He didn't right. like try no, and make it, it yeah. something. I can still remember that, that first yeah. thing taste that you're trying of Strohs. <laughs> and I didn't dislike it. I kind of loved it, and I think that's uh, part, <laughs> part of the problem of why I ended up a beer blogger. <laughs> I don't call that a problem. Uh, <laughs> my wife would disagree. <laughs> you know what? I th- you know what I think I like about craft as a whole is that 
it, it is more about the flavor. Yeah. It's more about the experience of, yep. of sharing a beer, you know, with, with a friend. And, and I don't, I don't know if there's something about something to the way it's made with, you know, quality ingredients. A lot of the, some of the beers are a lot more heavy and flavorful than the, the light macro stuff that we were told for so long ago, for so long as a country that this is beer and this is the only beer. Right. Um, I don't know what it is, but like, I can't, as much as I love beer anymore at my age, I can only have so many of them, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that lends itself to not abusing it and not becoming an alcoholic because you just, sure. like, after three or four craft beers on a weekend, I'm kind of done. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't need to grab a 12-pack of Bud anymore and knock out an entire 12-pack mm-hmm. on a weekend. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I think is I think I reserve just, that for very special occasions. <laughs> no, I, I just think the average craft beer drinker tends to approach drinking beer a lot differently. Oh yeah, yeah they absolutely. don't drink to respect. excess. They don't. Yeah. There's a lot more re- respect of the beverage. Exactly. We're not drinking to to get hammered. We're not drinking to get plowed. We're drinking for right. the experience, for the, for the taste, for the, for the flavors, for the enjoyment. And you can only have so much of it as good as it is. Yeah. You just—you almost can't become an alcoholic. Drink. I don't even think we can. All of us can, you can contain but. that much excitement. Look, listen how excited we get over one beer that we sure. have. Yeah, and then yeah. and we're not excited about getting this, like you said, a twelve pack or a case. It's like yeah. that one beer, and so we're gonna take our time and love that thing, right? You know, and that's yeah. what we do. I don't want to. I don't want to downplay the the alcohol issues that do exist with some craft <laughs> sure. beer fans. Either. Right. I think yeah. that's. Oh yeah, no. There's always a segment of any we could, population. We could, we could really go down a rabbit hole here of how you know people that are in our position kind of are putting beer on 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 one level that a lot of people are, are struggling on Absolutely. a whole different Absolutely. level no 100 percent even as craft beer fans i think but, we probably yeah. all have it in our own fa- families yeah so. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 absolutely uh start back down here let's start uh what, going we, through we have three. another beer what oh we, yeah what do we, 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 yeah, we, yeah, we, we have here so this beer is called euro trip <laughs> nice <laughs> it is a very fitting after the stories we yeah. were just telling <laughs> what is well it? done so Euro it's a, okay. it is a southern London brown ale and I was looking up the differences because I'm still you know acquainting myself with the beers themselves the London style as opposed to the northern English brown is sweeter and lower IBU hmm. It also says it's a sessionable beer, which is okay. good for us. Very nice. yeah. So, what a northern, <laughs> so a northern brown, let's compare that to something macro that maybe uh, the average craft or non-craft fan. I believe would they be compared like, it to Newcastle. So a southern brown would be more like what? Because it definitely is maltier uh, and sweeter. Yeah. Is there anything mass market that you would the, compare to? The BJCP style guidelines say that Mann's Brown Ale, Harvey's Nut Brown, and Harvey's Old Ale are all examples of it. Okay. Um, okay. It's apparently. I don't know any of those beers. It's a <laughs> beer. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was hoping you guys did. It yeah. is apparently Sam a Smith's dead style that, that, you know, it's a dead style. We're bringing back a dead style. So someone that's nostalgic to someone. So yeah. a little taste of nostalgia for you. There no, you I go. like it a lot. He's getting good at this marketing uh, thing. Oh, man. Just like, bam. It's like they pay him for it. Right. No reason uh, he's hired. <laughs> so, we're going to start back down here and kind of go over our favorite uh, trends uh, from 2018. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, start down here. Mm. You have any? Yeah. You got any? It's okay to say you don't have any trends. <laughs> yeah, That's fine. Sure. Um, as far as trends go, I think one... I don't know if it's necessarily a trend, but this year, for me, something new that I've discovered is more of the sour beers. It's never been a beer that I've looked for on the shelf. And this year, 
as we've explored, you know, done a lot of shows and explored a lot of different breweries, um, I've really discovered a lot of sour beers and, and um, I've always enjoyed fruit beers, like as far, you know, in anything really, but sours have never, I would never imagine myself to like sour beers and I have really developed a taste for them this year a lot. And so, I don't know, that's just been something that um, has been exciting to me to get to discover a new part of, you know, a new side of beer that I haven't really explored before. So I think there are a lot of breweries that are doing really cool things with sours and exploring different, um, even random fruits, a lot of random oh, yeah. tastes or yeah. random flavors yeah. that I haven't seen before. So I don't know, that's kind of exciting for me. Yeah, and I'd even say to that point that, that you've experienced, because I think I know the beers you're talking about, some mm -hmm. of them, the fruit game of like mm -hmm. some of these over-fruited beers mm -hmm. have yeah. stepped their game up yeah. um, dramatically, and a yeah. lot of these like yeah. over-fruited beers, which I love, and mm -hmm. I love to see that. Um, since you gave a trend that I think that, uh, that you like, I'll go ahead and give one that I didn't like. I, mm -hmm. I, had, I had to really think about this question, actually, um, as Rob gave it to me about a week ago. And, there, of course, you have like the New England and the Brute IPAs, and I, and I, I love any type of beer trend itself. I don't knock or I'm not right. against, and I, I love seeing it. No matter how many times you see the same style, it's interesting to taste the differences, the nuances. Mm -hmm. One thing, I, a trend I really don't like to see, um, and this is kind of maybe a, a rough, but it's by us, the consumers, I'd say, mm -hmm. is someone saying, I hate that brewery, or I just mm -hmm. don't like yeah, that particular okay, yeah, brewery. Yeah. And it, to me, it's just like, how, how can you categorize an entire brewery as uh, yeah just into one i mean just like slow down give it a minute mm -hmm. maybe um overall in hindsight of, of everything it's, it's okay if you don't like that beer this beer that beer but um making that a trend to categorize your likes and dislikes based on the branding of a of a brewery and, right, and to that right. point too how many breweries have we checked out when they're in their infancy and we go mm -hmm. man they sucked yeah, yeah. but then yeah. you turn around and go yeah. back there a year and a half later when right. they've yeah. done their due diligence they've put mm -hmm. people in place and you're like holy crap yeah, yeah. look what they've done yeah. Yeah. yeah you know and and that's one of those so many people write it off after yeah. you right. you could have been in there on a day that that everything that could have gone wrong in that brewery did mm -hmm. right yeah. and you can't write it off for that yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can't define a, a taste of a beer like a miller light mm -hmm. like a a big you know macro beer by their name you just yeah. can't so if if that's the the approach you're coming at it yeah that's and just an uninformed take on it something yeah. cool for us too is the hop in the bean at the end of our season this year we did a little kind of a little award show and so buzz and i sat down and kind of looked over the breweries that we visited this year and talked about what they all brought to the table as far as beer as far as merchandise as far as branding as far as community aspect what their buildings like all of that experience. stuff. experience yeah experience and so we we were able to sit down and be like wow this brewery really brought you know their the way that they brand themselves is really amazing and like mm -hmm. wow this this company really just um puts forth such a community feel and this you know and so we we were able to come up with i don't know how many how many did we have maybe 10 more categories than that? yeah, categories. yeah that'd be there over time yeah. and we could have had more and it so that's really the heart that we want to see coming through with this beer community is not really like he said categorizing as a whole i don't like this brewery or this brewery you know sucks or whatever it's like right. you have to be able to address the um positives that are coming out because not everyone's going to nail every single category right. as far as right. a business goes but you have to be able to celebrate and encourage and and lift up 
the parts um, that these breweries are doing well and give them a little, you know, boost yeah. to continue. Yeah. And, sure. you know, nobody's yeah. going to be perfect coming right out of the gate. You know, right. you made a bad yep. beer. It sucked. That's fair. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, right. you know. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. All right. Rob, it's up to you now. <laughs> I'm going to defer to Sean and let him, him start us hey, up this segment. Yeah, I'll kick it off. Yeah. So, uh, beer tourism, huge around Ohio. I mentioned it earlier on with the with the Columbus Ale Trail, but you know, with Cleveland introducing one, Dayton's had one. You know, the one in Summit County, uh, the one that's on the the coast of Ohio, the uh, Pennsylvania Ohio border, if you will. I don't know the names of all of them. I've gotten pamphlets, uh, but um, Cincinnati, maybe soon. We have a little one. A little one. But that is a very positive thing for Ohio from getting out, getting to places, getting people to understand that it's not just, you know, the, the biggest place. It's there are a ton of other small places to go to. And, and I think it allows people to support local breweries even more. So they may not know about a place in Newark, but, you know, they can look at the ale trail and say, hey, I need a stamp from Dank House. And they can go out there and they can get a stamp from Dank House and then they can hit up Trek on the way back and they can, you know, look at Three Tigers in, in Granville and they can hit up that, that small section and Homestead right there in Heath. Like all of those places from a person in Columbus may not know. And I mean, obviously the Columbus Ale Trail continues to get larger. I think there were 41 or 43 breweries on it this year. So i hmm. um, excited to see what volume five has but rob i know you wanted to mention the negative components of beer tourism yeah i think definitely on the flip side of that you know there's some uh there's some pratfalls that that we all kind of need to be aware of um you know it's a tight-knit industry there's a lot of mom and pops running the business um, but there's still some corporate interests involved and i think there are um some bigger players that are maybe interested in exploiting and taking advantage of the, of just how popular craft beer is right now and how popular beer tourism is. And um, one of the biggest stories, I think, and this goes back to my biggest stories, which I probably didn't include, should have included earlier, <laughs> is was, was the, the Passport Brew Tour up mm. in Akron and uh, what a debacle that turned into. Um, it was, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was Canton. It was mostly Canton and, and some breweries out in that direction. Um, but it was, uh, it was, was there, kind was of Stark a, County? it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't officially named like yeah. the Stark County, okay. but it was a lot of Stark County breweries, yeah, 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 yeah. uh, one out in Wayne's Wayne County, mm-hmm. one out in, I don't remember even, yeah. um, but there was, you know, probably about 11, 11, 12 breweries that were involved and in some non-brewery enter- entities, like some craft beer bars and, mm-hmm. um, I think a restaurant and. Um, but it was it was just kind of this uh, it just seemed like a big money grab to be honest with you okay. and sure. um, the people that were running it you know made an insensitive post on their face, Facebook mm-hmm. social media account that they had set up and the whole damn thing just blew up mm-hmm. um, and As it unfortunately the mom and pop mm-hmm. breweries that um, were associated with it um, felt like they had a little bit of uh, egg on their face a little uh and they had to scramble really quickly to distance themselves from from this entity so i think um you know as as some of these passport trails evolve you'll start to see that maybe the brewers themselves will take a little bit more control and maybe be a little more choosy about which organizations they Mm -hmm. choose to involve themselves with 
Um, the Summit Brew Path, I think, has been a real good, successful one because it's been, you know, involved with a legit organization. Um, the tourist or the uh, Summit County Tourism Tourism yeah. Bureau, you know, is a legit um, tourism organization that's you know, dedicated to promoting business and and. Uh, you know, so I think people will be a little bit more choosy as mm-hmm. it's who they're going to associate themselves with. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, you are who you associate yourself with. And right. It's the caution of social media in general. I mean, For once sure. you put it out there, people see it. People can't tweet take it, it back. Yeah, respond, and you can't you know, take reply. it back. Yeah, yeah, I know that they, they tried very hard to, to fix it. And they just made it worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the biggest thing that happened with that whole debacle is that those people that were involved with it, they just they didn't come right out and you know make the appropriate posts that they needed to to distance themselves from whoever the person that was running their page. Um, The just I remember they a whole lot of cover up, and the cover up is often worse than the crime sometimes, right? Oh yeah, they posted a situation. They posted a blog post by Craft Beer Joe about women in the industry, and and it was like they didn't even like if they would have been promoting that prior to that post, then it feels natural. But then it felt like this: hey, we have to do this, and and we need to do this, and you know, thankfully, like Craft Beer Joe goes out and says, hey guys, like you know. I wrote this for a reason and I don't want to be associated with you and, right. and what you're doing. Like you were wrong and don't try to cover it up with what I've written. And, mm-hmm. um, but that's, I mean, just the caution of it. Just, right. Yeah. Into all those brewers credits. I mean, they came, the minute that yeah. post came out, they all oh, yeah. came mm-hmm. out in distance. I mean, they, right. they all yep. started dropping like flies from that, that particular tour. Um, and you say a lot of those same breweries, unfortunately, are, or ones that aren't associated with another trail in Ohio, right. other than the Ohio Craft Beer uh, mm-hmm. app, um, which is right. a great app. If you don't have that, go download it now. It's very cool. Um, but other than that, you know, they're not associated with a trail. They're not on the Summit Brew Path. So I think they also saw it as an opportunity to be part of something um, because their particular county wasn't, you know, actively involved in organizing something like that. And so, um, you know, it's just an mm. unfortunate situation all oh, the way yeah. around. But they, they were very smart to quickly come out and distance themselves from that organization. Absolutely. Uh, Gnome? You know, I know we talked about kind of the, the light logger thing a little bit, but I'm just going to throw loggers on it. I feel like every single year, I'm like, this is the year. It's a trend. They're yeah. finally going to yeah. catch on. And I feel like they are now. I, you know, this year we did see some of those lighter ones with Cheetah and Garage right. Beer in my neck of the woods. But um, it's also on like a not so light side to you so you're starting right. to see vienna loggers yeah. and you're starting to see pilsners and stuff like that but um you know braxton does a, a dortmunder that's phenomenal in my opinion you know there's there's some really really great loggers out there you know obviously great lakes has their dortmunder yeah, too absolutely. But, um the uh, it's just it's it's become the norm it's because you walk into a tap room and right. it's not like oh my god you have a logger it's like of course you have a logger nice. you know, a so yeah, yeah yeah it's 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 taking on a different kind of tone so yeah and you know uh, i've talked to a couple breweries one was uh, jolly scholar they're located on case western reserves campus in cleveland and they had a lot of construction people coming in around then and they're also on a college bar you know right. on a college campus so they had to basically make a, an american light logger because that's what people were coming in for construction wise, you know, and students, they're looking for the bang for the buck. And it's like, they're only like $4 a pint there. It's like really cheap. It's really oh. nice. Uh, and, and it's just, a, it's a really cool trend. I agree. Uh, Brian, you guys have kind of hit all of the, 
the trends that I've liked. This is going to sound a little odd, but you look at how cyclical barrel aging gets. Mm-hmm. What different kinds of barrels we use and, and th- things like that. I, I did not like the apple brandy thing this year. I was okay. not, not yeah. a fan of the apple brandy barrels. Gotcha. I just, you know, sometimes when you're after a, a, a barrel-aged stout or a heavy hitter, sometimes that apple brandy just adds something to it that I think, in my opinion, takes away from the heavier hitters that I like to see. Right. So on the same coin, I'm curious what the barrel trend is for next year. Mm. Uh, I yeah, that'll be sours. Yeah. Sour. sours. Yeah. Getting, getting sours into barrels with places that weren't doing it before has right. to be. Yeah. Has anybody ever had a gin barrel aged beer? Mm-mm. Yes. Um, yes. Heard of the place platform that we just came from, Wolf's Ridge, actually did one. Platform did one. Yeah, Platform Dude, did an excellent heard, one. Yeah. Uh, Madtree has a great one that's a, a gin and bourbon. And barrel. I didn't think I was going to like it and just with the gin. Yeah, I'm not it a fan was of very, gin, well bit, right. very well balanced. But it, yeah, very unique. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so we're going to go into our favorite beers of the last year. Who wants to start this one out? Anyone? We're gonna start. We're gonna start down. I mean, start down I'll, with Brian. Yeah, I, I, I can start. I, I won't. I won't go too far through my list. Be just because I know that uh, a lot <laughs> of my list. Kind of we all have lists. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we could do a whole show on just <laughs> this. Really let's face it. And it and it definitely overlaps with uh, with some of you guys. But um, w- one of my favorites from this year, and it's one of my favorite festivals or days to go to, is uh, Warped Wings Whiskey Rebellion Days. Oh. I I love Whiskey Rebellion. It is truly the bear stout that got me into that style of beer and last year they hey, Brian pass it down oh yeah hey well I'm not drinking I, I, didn't, I didn't take it though I didn't take it I'm just talking I'm just I kid um, go on but last year they introduced you know the adjuncts with uh, the caramel uh, peaches and vanilla and though it sounded quite weird it was delicious and then this year they went even bigger and they released a three-year reserve to go with everything so I'm curious what's going to happen this year, but I'll tell you what, if you can get out to Dayton for that, that's one of my favorite things that happens. And when is that? Uh, it was October, November. It okay. was not too long ago. Okay. Uh, they do it in the fall every year. And then I'll, I'll kind of, I guess, you know, being from down this way, Jackie is Appervation. And, and believe it or not, for me, the original Appervation is the one that I love the most. I've had quite a few of their different adjuncts, but the original is fantastic. Uh, down in your neck of the woods, The Gadget. Oh, urban yeah. artifact oh, yes. it's on yeah. my list too first it's <laughs> and it then, is their uh, first year round midwest fruit tart and it's so fantastic on shelves yeah. year round yeah, i think you're gonna news. hear that on a lot yeah. of our lists and then up yeah. you guys' way obviously masthead i love yes. underverse and all of the adjuncts that go with that yeah mm-hmm. and my personal favorite for the hazy ipa craze was the dream crusher so mm-hmm. yeah that one was yeah. great uh that's all gnome i I, I don't typically choose favorites, so I'm, I'm gonna, in the same boat. I'm going to word it a little bit different and just say notable things for okay. me. Okay. Um, I was, and it was probably first released at the very end of last year, but um, Streetside with their sour program, um, diving into some, some barrel aged sours, they're all in the family, was amazing. And some of the things that came off of that series. Um, Braxton's Dark Charge release always gets me really excited every year, and it's um, fresh on my mind since it was in December. So mm-hmm. I'll throw that on there too. And of course, anything that Urban is doing, I'm all about, especially Love on their Urban Artifact. Their, their, their barrel side is, yeah. is phenomenal, and um, I, they are the 
craziest, nuttiest group of people in, in the best way possible. And I, I, yeah, I, I've done a couple nice. posts on them, and being that they're a Cincinnati brewery, I don't post a lot about breweries outside of Northeast Ohio, but anytime Urban Artifact releases something new and crazy, I do have to post on it. And they, they just um, posted about doing some off-the-wall sour beer with some... What's the, what is that fruit that they? The like durian ch- fruit. Durian uh, fruit. Yeah. 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 Stinky things. The stinky durian <laughs> fruit. <laughs> Who else in the world would brew a beer with a durian fruit? Right. But not only do they do the beer, they they served little pieces of durian fruit for everybody to try. Nice. Oh, wow. You wow. just had to go outside in the beer garden, out in the cold, and get it because the thing stinks yeah. so bad when you cut into it. <laughs> well, see, and I, I was texting a couple of my friends about this, and uh, one of them told me now I haven't personally had this one, but I've heard one of the more insane ones flavor-wise that they've done recently was Landline. Yes. Yeah. I, d- I did not get a chance. Okay. I, I, I have one in my fridge, Rob, with ah. name on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. I like love Landline. smoothie. And they also do the uh, the parfait Sundays or Saturdays as well, yeah, right? Yeah, Saturdays. Oh, Every Saturday they do a, a parfait Those beer, which they refuse to put into a can because of all of the uh, volatility, the exploding <laughs> cans. <laughs> but Good for that's, them. that's a bad trend. Let's throw that out there. Yeah. Exploding, exploding cans. cans. If, if your product could explode in somebody's car, let's just probably not, not, not put it in a can. Right. Yeah. Uh, Sean? And before you start, what are we drinking now? Mm-hmm. So we went two beers without talking about them so i'll go back a moment and talk about the koosh so if you remember the koosh balls yes Mm -hmm. yeah so a little throwback to the uh the days of throwing those around uh that was a hazy pale ale and hazy it was hazy it was the the, uh current is pokey which if you are a fan of gumby oh gumby Gumby fun fact that's actually my wife's nickname (laughs) (laughs) easy Gumby. No, Gumby is no, not Gumby. pokey. Come on, guys. This is PG-13. <laughs> at the best. That's what my wife calls me. <laughs> you open the door. My bad. And my bad. we're back. <laughs> so pokey. So you bring your children back into the room. A, <laughs> pokey. Is a mimosa brute IPA, so you get the uh, dryness there, but mm-hmm. also the orange. It's a uh, very breakfasty mm-hmm. beer. Yeah. And so. for the record, you said remember Gumby, and that's when I said that's my wife's nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Backtracking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gumby, damn it. <laughs> I'm Gumby. Uh, so my, again, I, I try to drink a lot of different styles from different places, and I try to drink it on site, and I may not remember all of the variations of things that I tried at places because I don't yeah. log everything in, in Untapped, but I will say the things that were... Uh, were standouts the millersburg imperial pope uh, pumpkin ale uh it won a, a medal it was tasty for pumpkin ale for sure nice uh the cinnamon toast brunch from yes from wolf's ridge mm-hmm. was solid i love me some cinnamon toast crunch and that yeah. hit on hit on that so nice yeah uh i i, was, I really enjoyed a lot of uh, what was coming out of masthead uh, this this year, yeah, their it, haunted hayride was pretty solid. The haunted mm-hmm. hayride was good. Uh, I didn't drink a lot of pumpkin beers. Just really good. Yeah, and I, don't I didn't drink a lot of pumpkin beers this year. Uh, kind of, this yeah. has kind of been an off year for me, but that is one I did have, and I really did enjoy it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I am kind of like gnome. I don't really I don't, I don't have like a list of favorites. I I just like whatever you're asking me, whatever I'm drinking when you ask me, that's my favorite. <laughs> to, steal, to steal a line from my dad who's sitting here watching us. Uh, he, you, you ask him what his favorite cigar is, he's telling you whatever he's smoking at the moment. 
Uh, it's sure. you, you know uh, just whatever the mood takes me. And yep. That's that's uh, I, Masthead Market mm-hmm. Garden, uh, mm-hmm. Jolly Scholar. You know they're they're all putting out some railroad uh, Avon out in Avon Ohio. Both of those guys are putting out some fantastic product, and uh, you know there's there's no shortage of great beer out there. So go check out everything that you can. And we talked about this a little bit earlier with going to tap rooms and the experience you get in the tap room with yeah. beers and how beers just become better tasting beers when yeah. you drink it from the source i mean obviously yep. it's fresher no and everything and no wonder it's better when it's right, fresher right. but like the experience you have in the tap room with someone talking to you about the beer and about you know why that beer was brewed the way it was mm-hmm. or you know what was different and why they chose certain fruits and i mean Noam, you talked to urban artifact about how they get some of these fruits yeah. and it's just insane like what made them choose these things and they're like we just wanted to do something crazy like yeah. i mean <laughs> that's awesome i think that that's one of my favorite trends too is just people willing to experiment with mm-hmm. with their beer on whatever yeah. uh, taking risks on whatever it is and, and a lot of times it, t- it comes out fantastic so uh it's risk uh rewards is is really good on that one uh rob yeah um i guess it's kind of the same thing as you guys i don't, I don't like to say i have top ones but some of the but ones that kind of i do have a list but, <laughs> but, but kind of the ones that like were really memorable to me yeah, yeah, I guess, no, you know, uh, um for me I do like a lot of the hazy pale ales. I'm on board with right. their and IPAs. I'm totally on board with that trend. Um, but in my top five list or of most memorable beers this year, really none of them really made. There's not there's not a New England IPA in there. Nice. Um, I actually have um, three fruited beers in there. So um, also Urban Artifact, the gadget, we said that'd be on a lot of people's lists. Mm-hmm. Um, Magic City um, up in Barberton, Ohio, uh, also did um, a fruited Goza, which is fantastic. It's called Wolf, Among Ra- Wolf Amongst Ravens. Uh, that was a top one for me. Um, Missing Mountain in Cuyahoga Falls um, also did a fruited uh, Goza um, um, with uh, raspberry and lime and vanilla bean and it was called all contraire mon frere uh, <laughs> great name really en- yeah. enjoyed that one um i'm with uh, brian totally on board with masted in the underverse series uh, yes. my favorite one was yeah. the bourbon barrel aged coffee underverse i, I thought that one was fantastic the tiramisu was good but the, oh, yeah. the bar- bourbon barrel yeah. aged coffee was i still a, have a, a can of that tiramisu sitting in aging yeah. So it's um, going to be good. And then somebody mentioned Streetside. Uh, yeah, Streetside Street did an excellent collaboration stuff. with uh, with Platform, yeah. um, I think called Undercover Martian, that I really, really enjoyed. Their Mio Mai was really good. Uh, milkshake Maybe IPA. was that. No, that was, yeah, actually, it was Mio Mai or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that it was one called. was Cherry Vanilla. That one was really yeah. good. And I, I'm hesitant on certain milkshake IPAs a lot. I, I like the style, I like the evolution of what it is. I'm not knocking it. It's just. Sometimes they don't sit well on my palate, but that one was one of the better ones I'd really had. Right. And uh, I don't know, probably one of my top beers all year is, is actually a non-Ohio beer, but it's got an Ohio tie into it. And it sounds like blasphemy Blasphemy when we're sitting here having an Ohio <laughs> beer podcast. What's the name of your, the name of your page? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a beer called Situational Ethics by Monday Night Brewing out of Atlanta. Oh. And the tie-in is that they had a unique... Um, craft beer festival up in Jefferson, Ohio, which is kind of maple um, maple syrup country, I guess, for, yeah, for one, Ohio, for Northeast light. Ohio. <laughs> yeah, it literally has one stoplight yeah. if it has that many. Yeah. And um, they had a little little fest yeah. in uh, late October and um, a number of national breweries, but also a number like Founders and um, Goose Island, and but a lot of uh, local ones like Brick and Barrel and uh, 
a couple others were there and um the beer that really knocked my socks off was was monday night brewing situational ethics which is brewed in bourbon barrel aged maple syrup barrels wow or, yeah. yeah 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 it's it actually bourbon, bourbon barrel aged maple syrup and, yeah so the maple syrup itself oh, is bourbon aged in bourbon oh, barrels that's awesome and then put back into so the like beer yeah. bourbon and, barrel pancakes and, right? yes and yeah. it was you yeah. in the <laughs> tomorrow bourbon barrel aged yes. maple syrup came from a maple farm mm-hmm. in jefferson ohio okay. so and oh. that beer just absolutely blew me away so. yeah. nice uh buzz um yeah i have a, a couple similar actually to Rob, um, one being uh, Urban Artifact, uh, actually the landline you guys are talking about, I really loved the the orange and the strawberry, I think it was, that was in there, the kind of, kind of the orange, oh, the banana was in there. Different uh, kind of fruit flavors that came through really well that I really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also from Magic City as well, their New England IPA, Otherworldly Origins, was probably with as many New England IPAs that I had this year, that, I have to say, stuck out to me as one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, I'm with you guys. Whatever beer that I am drinking or right. whatever brewery I'm is visiting is usually my favorite. There's so many. <laughs> but that one consistently stuck out to me. Just the hop character, and I think it was with lactose as well. One of my favorite uh, New Englands all year long. Uh, Oakenshire Montfer was amazing. I had it actually with Rob uh, one day. Loved it. It was so thick and just like a kind of like a smoothie flavor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it gave you with all the blackberry, lime, and vanilla. And then our Shea did a really good uh, New England. They they waited for a while because they are researching it so heavily the style of New England that Ron didn't want to release one and it not be good. Mm-hmm. And so and and then even so, about the third batch was the Whirlpool Party. Uh, that was really it was amazing like not many times when i'm at a brewery will i order the same beer yeah i ordered two of those one night and it i loved it Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing and uh and then i'll round it out with i just had omnipolo's uh i forget the actual name of it but it was a peanut butter and jelly sour oh yeah yeah. i know that i can't remember the name either raspberry and strawberry jam it was called the flavors is that an ohio brewery (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I kid. I had one that wasn't right, Ohio got, too. Yeah. Where's the Ohio Fair tie-in? Enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but it yeah. was it was so good. I just but, got a text from my wife that says the microphone is blocking my face completely. I knew this. <laughs> you were worried about that. That's why we did that. But you know what? That's it's on purpose because because I have neither the face for TV or the voice for radio. Right. So uh, well, nobody wants wrong. to see this ugly mug anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, now this is a therapy session, and uh, this is transferred. No. Uh, <laughs> No. Awesome. Uh, and uh, Vicky? Um, well, Nikki. I don't. Nikki, you know, I'm sorry. I feel like, no, it's okay. I feel like I'm Nikki, repeating, Nikki. repeating the whole line of well, guys thanks, here. Thanks, bud. Because <laughs> <Urban Adam>. <laughs> <laughs> you called him bud, bud earlier. I, you know, okay. I'm a little nervous. No, um, it's all good. Urban out, uh, urban art of, I can't, see now. You urban Outfitters. Urban Outfitters. I can't. Urban, urban Meyer. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to start talking in pig Latin. Um, <laughs> Key punch from Urban <laughs> At- Artifact. See? Or yes. E.K. Unchpay. What? Yeah. Or E.K. Unchpay. E.K. Unchpay <laughs> has been one of my favorites for a while. But Love this year, one. the Gadget and Landline, both, like, yeah. I was totally taken by surprise by both of them. And I'm kind of a little bit obsessed, low-key obsessed. Um, <laughs> what? And just, in, <laughs> hold on. Let's just, and just our new member of our team, Miranda. Yes. She drank her first Urban Artifact beer, yes. and it was Gadget. 
Yeah. And she said, that beer just gave me chills. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I I feel like a schoolgirl. Like, I get so <laughs> excited every time. You know, Buzz will be like, um, Nikki, I got some new gadget. Come over. And I'm like, so oh, what we're learning so is there's excited. a lot of love so, for Urban Artifact. But yeah. <laughs> what, what's yeah, pretty amazing is just, that Urban Artifact is yes. in your neck of the woods. Yeah, right. that's a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty awesome. They're just good. I do want to give a shout out, though, to a local brewery, Head Trip. They're in mm. Oh, yeah. Yes. They, we went to the Akron Ale Fest this summer, and they had this, um, I'm pretty sure it's an IPA, and it was called the Sweet Heat, and it was brewed with um, pineapple and um, jalapeno. Oh, that was and good. That was good. I'm, I get a little leery sometimes when breweries try these like funky creative things, because sometimes, you know, I mean, I think everyone's trying to do something unique and original, and sometimes it really does not come through. But right. this beer was very good, very unique, and I think I had it three separate times and every time it was another it was like a surprise again when i tried it again so i'm very impressed by that the sweet in the midst of a beer fest yeah in the midst of a beer fest i mean that was one of the the beers that really stuck out to me and it has ever since and i i think it's just because it was so unique and it really i mean it tasted like you were drinking a banana pepper kind of i mean it was sweet but it was spicy and you really Mm -hmm. you really tasted all the flavor it was very good i it's one of those yeah, very refreshing. It's just one of those beers that you can kind of taste. The you know, there's a taste in the beginning, and then in the middle, and then the finish, and then the aftertaste. And so it was exciting to to drink that. Yeah, yep. you know, that sounds really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. so those um, are my favorites. So, anybody have anything else to add uh, before we start doing our outros and getting out of here? Uh, we've kind of covered everything. Oh, uh, just yeah. uh, trends toward 2019 or yeah. new breweries that are, that are opening. Anybody yeah. got Any, anything? Anybody that have anything? Really off looking the top forward of your head? to coming this year. We're sitting in one. Yeah, yeah nostalgia. Is, uh, I'm excited about nostalgia. nostalgia. You know, after trying all his beers this evening, <laughs> I'm excited beers. for nostalgia yeah. too. These are fantastic beers. <laughs> and where we were at earlier today. Uh oh, Noctera. Yeah, looking forward to them. We were too. at a lot of places, so that had, we were narrowing it down. Noctera, <laughs> Noctera in Ohio February. Is one you're gonna check out. That is going to yes. be one of the coolest tap rooms yes. that you will visit. So um, uh, you know, it, it was a really cool vibe. It's going to be awesome. Uh, definitely, definitely the uh, Noctera and for some sure. of the nicest people. They've, you've they've ever got some oh, yeah. super yeah. nice people. February some second, really family friendly too. Yeah. And before we sign off, it looks like one other round is coming around, mm-hmm. so we need to put in another shameless plug. I think so. we were all actually really impressed with Noctera's yeah. like planning and it looks yeah, like absolutely. how much thought went into yeah. the layout of that brewery. And these guys, we're, we're talking, they're just like home brewers. None of these guys mm-hmm. went to Cybel Institute in Chicago or any of those crazy brewery schools. Brewery, or, right? yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they've already got a lab in there, yeah. and they haven't even opened the doors. And, and you know, they've separated their, their sour what's going to be the sour facility away from everything else and it operates on its own HVAC system. So they're already taking precautions to prevent the cross-contamination that we've seen in different entities yeah. through this past year. Yeah. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's pretty remarkable for you know a startup brewery to see just how much thought they put into everything. They've obviously done their homework and oh, so okay. they're definitely going to be one to check out. What are uh, we drinking? And then Sean, yeah, what are we drinking here to wrap up the show? Ooh. Yeah, so this would like be it. the No Wrong Way, and it is a peanut butter porter. Mm. So uh, make sure you give it a nice smell because the aroma mm-hmm. of peanut butter is there. Mm-hmm. And I will, I, 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 yes. speaking from my experience, oh. how we were talking about how some things can oh. taste uh, artificial. Yeah. This doesn't. This does not no, at no, all. No, yeah. This right. is very well done. I found a lot of yes, the one, the peanut butter that comes out of Ohio, never taste fake. 
at least the ones that I've had, right. and then you get outside of the state. Ohio does have the best peanut butter. I mean, that's a that's a given. It's a little known fact. Best peanut butter farms. Chocolate peanut shell. Yeah. So real quick, in terms of upcoming actual in Columbus is opening a Clintonville location. Oh, nice. I think it's soon, like next next Friday, this Friday, something cool. Not Terra nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a plug there, but um, the one big thing is six one pour is an event that happens in Columbus yes. every year, yes. and it's at Huntington Park, and it's only breweries that are part of the Ohio Craft Brewers Association, and it's a really big event. It's outdoors, but they have it underneath the rotunda area or whatever you want to call it. So rain or shine, it's still a solid event. I've been there both when it's rain and shine, and um, I think uh, the quarterly uh podcast event should uh, happen Ooh. around that time just uh hey, all right. quarterly just now throwing it out hey, there. Right. we're getting ambitious quarterly uh that, we could do it that, that we like could do outdoor we can yeah. do it there right on on premise yeah on premise on that Ooh. on that note um with the six one pour the ohio craft brewers association actually does a another i think that's one of their three flagship events yeah. of the year um, we have a rather big one up in Cleveland too that everybody looks forward to every year, and it's the Winter Warmer Fest in March. Yes. Yeah. And yep. uh, I will be lobbying with my wife to let me go to that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, yeah. I have missed it. It's the 13th annual this year. Uh, I have not been able to get up there um, to What's date. The actual date? But uh, I think it's March 9th from two yeah, to five in there. And at yeah. Windows on the River in the in the flats. Um, but that is that. I mean, you ask the brewers themselves what their favorite beer fest of the year is, and to a yeah. man, most of them will tell you it's that one. Nice. And and, and with the with most crap beer heads, that's their favorite one too, because most of the brewers are actually there and a lot of beer fests, you know, you get a lot of volunteers that really don't know about the beer a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But almost all the brewers actually go to that fest. So you can actually walk up to the booths and actually sit there and talk to the brewers. And it's, it's supposedly just one of the best events all year. And I'm really looking forward to that one. Halloween is another one. Halloween. Oh yeah. Another big event of the year. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, yes. Thank you guys all for being here and coming out to Columbus. Uh, Gnome, uh, you drove all the way from Cincy. You got to go back. Uh, in a blizzard. In a blizzard. Hop in the beach. You got to get back up there. To drive from Cincinnati. I'm too. staying. I'm staying here tonight. Uh, and no, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Thank you fun. so much. Uh, look for this episode. It's going to be out uh, through the various platforms uh, that are out there. I'm going to be releasing this uh, on next Friday. Uh, and uh, no one do you plan on releasing this? Uh, mine will be up on Monday. So you can listen to it uh, nice. in our different formats. I'm not cutting mine up. Mine's going to be just this. So just however. <laughs> unscripted. Unscripted. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll unedited. Like commentary throughout and then mine. I'm, oh, nice. <laughs> there you go. And then I'll, I'll, I'll probably just steal your audio for our group and yeah. give yeah, you kudos and props. No plagiarism good. here. No, no. Uh, it's free to share. Free to share. Uh, thank you guys all for being here and uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Thank, thank you all you for tuning in. Thank you to our hosts, letting us try the beer and all that thank you so much uh have a good night everybody everybody, everybody plug all, your sites again for me oh yeah and then uh, so yeah. go ahead down the line that's the what through your sites and podcast names yeah hop in the bean we are uh usually last season we were on facebook live this next season look for us to be launching our brand new youtube channel we're nice. on instagram nice hop and bean and still on facebook northeast ohio crap brewery news the Taproom Exclusive. NEO Craft Beer Community. Uh, the gnarlygnome.com and the Brewcast.com. 
points on points but also the nostalgia brewing facebook page there we go thank you guys for being here and uh tune in have a good one everybody cheers everybody cheers cheers Cheers. i'm all hopped up (laughs) (laughs) i think i have that in there (laughs) i think i I have at least part of that in there so there you've got it uh ohio wrap-up for the year um this may become kind of an annual thing that we all do we get together and kind of wrap up everything from our respective regions and um bring it to you um once again if you don't follow any of those people you heard all of uh their different social media accounts and websites and whatnot that you can do that and please do that uh we have to of course thank nostalgia brewing for hosting us and uh giving us giving us a space to um take over an entire tap room with a giant podcast um it was a blast and during the day um the the folks at olentangy river brewing company uh the upcoming noctera brewing company um and then wolf's ridge for uh giving us some really great tours throughout the day and some beer and uh making sure that a trip to columbus was done the right way and it was absolutely the right way it was a fantastic time so we'll be back next week talking just cincinnati again and uh We've got some really fun shows coming up. So thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next week. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.